Welcome to episode 373 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 373 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty awesome, Bevan. How are you? Pretty awesome. O for awesome. O for awesome. Mm, how about you? For, if you're overseas, you probably won't get that, but once there was a New Zealand boxer called David Tua, and he was on Wheel of Fortune, and he goes, can I buy a vowel? Can I have an O for awesome? Yeah. And it's a bit of an iconic saying in New Zealand, isn't it? It is. It's not long to Christmas, John. It's not. It's John Paul, John, we're getting ready for the show. John goes... Not long to Christmas. Was, Christmas is <laughs> coming. Think? I was waiting for a page to load. It was taking forever. Oh, is that what it is? I was, yeah. I was like, you're getting in the spirit early? Yeah. How are you, Bevan? Oh, well, I'm great, mate. But anyway, we don't talk about me at the beginning of the show. It's always okay. about you. For space. <laughs> I talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, get some of that tasty, tasty goodness into you. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. SLSTry.com. Cool gear. And trainingpeaks.com. Training Peaks is where you tell or where you put what you're doing on each day of your training life, John. In this week's show, we've got a bit of news, we've got an age grouper, we've got Coach's Corner, and we've got some questions and answers at the end. That's right. Traditional show. That is really, isn't it? No, yeah. no interviews today. No interviews? Just I, I think your discussion of the week's a bit poor. Okay, you can overrule that one. Yeah, I, I just haven't thought of one, but okay, I was well. reading the show notes and I was like, really? Because oh. the response to last week's discussion was pretty poor. Yeah, well, that's because you didn't give the person who who, who named the discussion uh, full credit. You called Tim Temming. <laughs> Tim Temming, who's he? <laughs> Did I? Yeah. I copy and pasted it. You must have done well, it. I must be wrong on the website as well then. <laughs> oh, okay, news. So we had a few results last this weekend, but one thing we didn't do last week was talk about Ironman UK. We were too busy talking about um, sucking Savaloys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, huh. and yeah, we didn't mention Iron Man UK. Shame on us, Bevan. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to take no responsibility for that one because your job to do show notes. So, so I got Tim Hemming's rain name wrong. Yes. But, but you got yeah, you got the show. You you US UK. Okay, John. So UK is one of the big races over in the UK. So I think um, Ellie Hollington sent me through a race um, an email yesterday saying there are ten iron distance races in the UK now. It's ridiculous. There's another one coming up this weekend. You guys have got so much choice. And I think the thing is, is that what from what we see at least is that most of them sell pretty well. Like it's not like the you know ten one you know strong race and ten struggling races. It's like most of these even non WTC races still get good numbers, don't they? Yeah. So it's uh, it's good, and you've got a lot of variety over there as well. I don't know if they've got a crazy fast course. Although there's one coming up this um, weekend that looks, uh, or maybe in a couple of weeks' time that looks fairly fast, but. Yeah, just every week there's races, and um, not a lot. A lot of them aren't pro, pro dominated races. They're just you know age group races, and and Ironman UK has always been that way. It's um, you know often the UK stars come out and, and do it, but it's not a, fe- a place that attracts a stellar international field. Partly because yeah, it's just getting closer and closer to Kona, and, and there's not really any races at this time of the year that that really do well in terms of attracting a. Strong field. Strong field. I've got to give Steve Lich- Richards. Uh, was it Steve Richards? No, it was. Who was it? Somebody gave us a comment on. Oh, I'm going to have to find it minute, on our Facebook page explaining fear suck of the save. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow! Someone's going to depth. They have. Maybe they sent us a message. I'll, I'll find Just it. Just let it go, John. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you hadn't heard of it before. 
I seriously, with all fairness, I'd never heard of it in my life. Oh. I'd never heard that saying. Oh. So anyway, we're meant to be talking about I'm in UK. I'm in UK. Yeah. Rightio. Stay focused, Newsom. So we had coming off the bike together, we had Daniel Hawksworth, the defending champion, and Stephen Bayliss that basically smashed the field silly in the swim. And the swim times, whilst those guys are very good swimmers, look maybe just a little bit dubious to me because I looked at some of the female times as well. I don't know. I'd be, I'd be keen to see some GPS data from that race. They came out in 43.59 and 44.03. It does sound like they were pushing the pace and they had Harry Wiltshire uh, pushing the pace off the front as well. I also think I saw that um, race start, I think, was at 6am. That's what I saw in one of the releases. It's an early start. It's a very early start. It is an early start because you kind of need to be up two hours beforehand, don't you? At least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, early start for you guys. Uh, and then on the bike, they both they rode together, rode 4.56 on what's a really challenging bike course. And then on the run, Daniel Hawksworth uh, pulled away, um, I think in the second half of the run and won by a couple of minutes in 8.45. 48, only ran 3.01.20. And Stephen Bayless was second with a 3.04. So... I think for Stephen Bayless, yeah, we haven't seen his name popping around too much. Um, no. So good on him. Because there was a period for a while there, a few years ago, where his name was popping up all the time, wasn't it? He was winning some races. He was mm. seemed to be racing a lot, at least in, in you know in the world that we see. I mean, he may have been racing some other races, lesser known races. He's a dad now. He's got other responsibilities. That's right. Well, he needs to win. He's yep. got to feed the family. Joe Skipper was in third place a couple of minutes back, came through mm. with a quicker run than the other fellas, did 257. Scott in the 80th, uh, fourth, and Joel Jamieson, in fifth place, so I think he's on that team free speed that we've got a number of listeners on. So oh, yep. all all the top five were UK athletes. First age group by the look of it was Benjamin Lee, also from Great Britain, in eleventh place overall. Again, okay, the girl side of things. Girl side of things, it was a domination, Bevan. It really was an utter thirty-five domination. minutes. Yeah, so the Gossinator, as we'll, we'll maybe just refer to her, uh, Lucy Gossage crushed them. She led from start to finish, and she had the fastest swim, the fastest bike, and the fastest run out of all the females. She swam 52, rode 5.22, and ran 3.10 for 9.29. And when you look at that in comparison to the guys' times, that's pretty solid. Um, yeah, because the guy was about 9.40. sorry, 8.45, yeah. So pretty solid. She was ninth overall, wow. impressive, and beat Joe Carrot. By so back in the old days, it used to be eight percent cut off, wasn't it? You lost money. I believe so. Yeah. So what would eight percent be? You can work that out. Get your little calculator yeah. out. Eight percent of nine. Uh, I don't know what the the ruling is at this stage. No, um, I think once they went to the new kind of system, it was pretty much if you got a place in your place, then you you know that was the deal. But. It, you know, I imagine I saw eight percent. Most of the people would have been fine for the prize money here. So Joe Joe Carrot was in second and ten. That'd, that'd be her best result uh, for a long time. Yeah, I think that's uh, and again that's in a, a WTC Ironman race, and that's a solid time for her. You know, I think she she sort of knocks on that ten hour door um, on probably less challenging courses. So yep. I think that's a it's a pretty solid result for her. And again, looking at her swim time fifty five, that's pretty fast for her I think Joe is not the world's best swimmer and she rode 540 and ran 324 probably disappointment of the day was Bella Bayliss who was in fourth place only managed a 355 and she's more of a you know when she was at her very best she was a she was a sort of a very close to three hour runner so you know motherhood with her is probably a bit of a challenge and maybe she's not doing quite as much or maybe she just had a pretty average day but still yeah. got a payday in fourth place nice work well 355 for, for Bella is 
It's a pretty slow day. So you've got to think that she probably blew. Yeah. Yeah. And in fifth place and first age grouper by the look of it was Sarah Moorwood. So nice work. Okay. Hope all your palms had a great day. It looked like, for a change, it looked like it rained in the UK for some of the day. The pictures that I saw, what a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) John, the weather bothered you when you lived there, didn't it? Yeah, we actually had pretty good weather when I was there. Uh So I was was quite surprised. There you go. Okay, and then we also had Norseman. Norseman, where again it looked like it rained again. It was pretty poor conditions by the sound of it. And what made things worse, so you all have heard us talk about Norseman over the years and finishes on top of a mountain. And normally you get a, a, a it's, it's either a, an elevator or a, a lift or whatever down. It had broken, so you got to the top of the mountain and by oh, the sound no. of it, then you had to walk back down. Like you don't have to walk all the way, you'd have to walk however long the run is all the way down by the sound of it. But certainly the top section, it sounded like you had to walk back down. Oh, no, that's I could sucks. think of nothing oh, worse. Oh, yeah. That's it, a long walk home. It is. That is just punishment, especially if you've gone to the limit. And you're just in the fetal position. Just well, in that race, it's kind of hard not to go to the limit. Mm. You know, like the design of the race is going to be pushing you pretty close to that edge. Yeah. So what's interesting is the racing was pretty close. It was. Yeah. Uh, Marcus, we had we had different lead changes going on uh, coming out of the swim and in onto the bike. Some of the the legend bike riders came through, and we had uh, the guy that won the Swiss Man, which we featured recently, Marcus Stierli. Uh, taking the race out in 11.25 with Dirk Weijnalda from Netherlands in second in 11.41 and Alan Hovda from Norway in third place. So the Norwegians took out third, fourth and fifth in this race. And girls side of things, Inga Liv Brickham Nielsen from Norway, 12.43, Lydia Waldmuller from Austria, 12.55 and Neen Foss from Norway in 13.01 Yeah you're right I mean across the guys side of things Half an hour covering the top five um, Pretty close there between Third through fifth um, And then on the girls side of things Yeah probably smaller gaps Than what we normally see It blows out a bit in the girls after you get to, to Third place but first three was only sort of 15 minutes or so yeah, yeah, it's embarrassing. Um Always tough to get into that race Well so. the race between third and fourth in the boys mm. Was only 30 30 oh. seconds. And when you're going uphill, 30 seconds is really not very far. No, not far out, no, no, because they're only just ahead of you, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good, good little kind of exciting finish. Okay, we had Shadow Man, but we don't have the results for that one. So we also had a couple of 70 points. Are we doing this now, are we? Well, we're just going to, we're panning today because people give us crap about not doing 70.3s, but it's we've, just we've got heaps. Of them. And, and, and so there's got to be something noteworthy happening in the races. And uh, and there was a couple of noteworthy 70.3s this weekend. Boulder? S- Boulder 70.3. Barry Siff's done a bunch of interviews. Are we going to use some of that stuff? Do you want to put it on today? No, no, not today. Um, In a couple of weeks. Okay. Yep, Barry Siff, he, he, he our American correspondent, he emailed us through saying we're doing all the pre-race interviews and stuff and they recorded a really good audio file for us. It's about 40 minutes long. So what we do, because I'm away for the next three weeks, we're going to chuck it at the end of a show, you know, within the next three weeks and it's an interview of, you know, a lot of the pros who were there. So Nice. Including um, the Joycenator. The Joycenator. Yeah. 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 Apparently we get a mention. In, um, oh, I gave Barry a couple of questions. Oh, did you? Ask. Yeah. What would you ask? Uh, does she prefer the Joycenator or Joycetron? Oh, Joycetron's pretty good. Yeah, that's what... Uh, her sister is her sister Lucy, is it? I think. Yeah, Katie. 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 Yeah, it's Katie. Katie. Um, mentioned when we're over in Kona. Joyce and Tron's Joyce pretty good. Yeah, but I think she prefers Joyce and Ada. Yeah, uh, the Terminator was on TV last night. 
Oh, was it the original? No, the second one. The second one. The second one's good. Okay. I only watched two minutes of it, but I remember thinking, I loved this when I was a kid. Okay. So uh, the reason why I want to bring this race up, Joe Gamble smoked it. He's now won it a couple of times in a row from Greg Bennett. But in third place, Kiwi Callum Millwood, who's developing a little bit of a cult status. Uh, Bevan, when I came around the other day, Bevan was watching one of his YouTube clips, and he's got a, he's got a YouTube channel, and we'll maybe put a link up on our site. I'm not sure if overseas listeners will get the Kiwi humour. No, um, but... It's we pretty did. bloody funny. He's got a couple. He's catching up with the Kiwis, and he's got two clips that he's done, uh, and they're they're bloody funny. So Kiwis, you'll love it. Aussies, you probably will. And if you understand if you're stuck of a save, you'll get it. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll put a link up there. But he's basically one of them. He interviews himself, and uh, it's pretty funny. And then another one. He's got a bunch of Kiwis in there, and uh, sort of poking the stick a little bit at the, the governing body in New Zealand because these long course athletes don't get any funding, and they call this the the, the base of the, the non-funded uh, yeah. New Zealand long-distance team sort of thing. How good is Cullum? Like third here, that seems like a pretty good result yeah, the I mean, field. He's, he, he, he's, he's up and down a bit, but he's one of our very best uh, 70.3 athletes. And so this I think this result here where he's only you know a minute or so behind Greg Bennett and a couple of minutes behind Joe Gambles, that's the sort of standard he's at. He's, he's, he's pretty good. Will he get along? I uh, don't know. He's a former short course guy who couldn't quite make it at short course yep. at, at ITU distance. Um, his swim let him down a bit. But no, he's he's solid. And uh, I'm not surprised by this, but he, he does seem to go up and down a little bit. And I, and I really wonder how those you know, Kiwi guys like that make a living over there. You know, there's not that much money in those 70.3s. And when you're living on the on the road for, you know, the full year, you've got to be getting a lot of those top three. You've got to be racing pretty regularly and getting top fives. They, they don't have his age. Do you know how old he is? I would guesstimate he's mid mid to late twenties. Okay. I'd, I'd be guessing around twenty five, twenty six. Yeah, but it's an interesting life that life, eh? You know, that kind of that chasing the pro life where you're not quite making that top end money. Because the problem is, I remember Melina saying to me, "Once you stop winning, the sponsors stop knocking." Mm. And and it's you know, there's an advantage to winning not just because you make better money from the race, you also get better opportunities to make money outside of racing. And so, you know, if you're kind of sitting in that not quite, you know, pretty good, mm. not quite consistently winning races, you don't get those same opportunities. And you just got to try to get that breakthrough period where you get to find that next step. Yeah. And, uh, Unfortunately, there's not much money that time, so maybe we could get him on the show and have a bit of a talk to him yeah. about it. It could be a good interview. In a month's time, when you decide to come back from your, uh, hey, from mate, your break. I need a holiday. I've been working hard. We also had the Philippines 70.3. Wow, really? we are going deep. Well, the reason I wanted to, to bring this one up is, uh, yeah, interesting result. Courtney Atkinson taking out all the long course athletes, which is probably not that big a surprise, but he smoked them on the bike. He rode 212, and Courtney Atkinson's a former ITU star. He's uh, He was just one of those big-time racers at the World Champs and the big races he smoked at, and also in a lot of the Asian races he did very, very well, handles the heat. And the reason I want to bring that up, it looks like he's going long later in uh, August at the Metaman. He's, uh, he's Is Courtney Exxon the guy who won the Commonwealth Games? No, it's Brett Carterfeld. Brett Carterfeld, yeah. but he's, he's a very good athlete, Two, two-time Olympian and um, yeah, big-time performer. And he's going long. He's, 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 it looks like he's focusing on 70.3s, but uh, it looks like he's going along with, with Meta Man. And I think he he was involved in that debacle at that Koh Samui race, which was sort of uh, two-thirds distance. But yeah, really showing that he can he can bike the house down. Pretty good field here. You've got Courtney Hickson takes it out, Pete Jacobson second, Nike team came third. 
which I imagine is a team. Yep. Uh, David Dalloway, uh third. Chris McCormick in fourth. Ken Brown, Brett, Mc, Brett Ken McMahon. He's, he's, he, he won some 70.3, so very good field. Gee, that's a strong field, isn't it? It is. So, oh, that's, that's up there. So uh, so what was a note for me in this one is Pete Jacobs running through for second with a very strong run, 115, which is outsplitting a lot of those guys. So I think that's really encouraging to see him come back to form at this time of the year. Oh, yeah, he's three minutes ahead of anybody else. Yeah, so I don't know what happened with him on the bike, though, whether he got dropped, whether he got a penalty or what the deal was, but he was several minutes slower on the on the bike. I'm thinking he must have got a penalty because it's about four minutes back, isn't he? Yeah so, yeah, so... But anyway, I think that's, you know... Yeah, because he's not, he's not that... You know, Pete's not the strongest cyclist in the race, but... Well, he was last year in Kona. Yeah, well, there you go. So it's not like he's going to be three minutes down on them mm-hmm. unless something dramatic happened. So... I think that's a, a warning bell. You know, I've been saying all along uh, that Pete Jacobs, you know, let's not read too much into these races that he's been going averagely at. Uh, and this is a race that he traditionally uses as his one of his kind of build-ups. Is so. he your August pick? Uh, Who's your August pick, John? Yeah, I think he, he's going to be, I mean, there's, uh, there's no stand, clear standout favourite, but he's certainly in box condition. That's not your pick. You, you need to give me one name. I'll go with him then. Oh, okay. Yeah, who are you going Ray with? Right, fine. This is his year. Sorry? It's his year. Bloody well, better be. Yeah. If he doesn't win this year, he's not going to win. Let's just say that. Yeah, well, well, Mark Allen six times and never won, and then mm. he wins up winning six. Mm. So, because I bet you after four years, someone goes, oh, God, he's got to win it now. Yeah. And he still didn't for another two years. Yeah. And then once he, once he kind of figured that formula out, he was unstoppable. Yes. Okay, Jombo and the girls, Caroline took it out. Caroline Stephen crushed them. She managed to hang on to the, the sort of second, third tier pro guys and absolutely destroyed them on the bike. And uh, very impressive. So she looks like she's back in business too. She's had, she hasn't quite been the same for a little while. So I just almost wonder if she's holding a little bit back or whether she's not quite as good as what she was a couple, you know, like Melbourne last year. She is just destroying Well, everybody. last year. Yeah. You know, last year's racing, she was just dominant. Yeah. You know, going into Kona, I think I made her my pick, although I didn't say it on the show because I was trying to keep all the girls happy. But, yeah. um, but you know, going into Kona last year, I thought, wow, she's just so strong. And, you know, from that Kona the year before yeah. where she blew, just she just seemed to be unbreakable that mm. year. And this year she hasn't had, you know, she's had good results, but she hasn't been as dominant the whole year, has totally. she? Yeah. yeah. So we've got Ember Man coming up. Great money race. I, talk, I say this every year. I don't know. What, I, I couldn't find the prize money on there, but f- from memory, it's around about a hundred thousand euros. One of the best money races in the world. It's the 30th uh, edition, and when I went onto the Ember Man website, which looks like it was uh, established 30 years ago um, with some of the, the functionality of it, but they, <laughs> but they have got... Pre-internet. Uh, yeah, they have got a clip there of the last sort of 30 years. There's some pretty cool stuff on there, and it really is one of the races I would, I would like to go and do at some stage in my life. It's probably the, the original really, really challenging iron distance race or crazy challenging we, we talk about Norse man now and we've got Swiss man and all these different challenging ones that you could argue are, are, are possibly harder but this was the original and just they just pump out the money year after year and just wish I wish that race would get more coverage did they change the time of the year? Uh, they're French they don't give a shit <laughs> okay yeah. fair enough and go the French. <laughs> go the French. Uh, we've got Jurassic Man coming up, which is another. It's iron pretty amazing because they've, they've, they've cloned dinosaurs, mm. and when you're in the race, they let the dinosaurs free. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Beat the dinosaur. Have you had a race, John? And then in the last five k's of an Iron Man, they release tigers. Do you think you've finished faster? I think you might do. <laughs> do you reckon that's a good way of trying to get the world record? 
get get Usain. Oh, you mean in triathlon? Yeah, like you know, like in the last ten k of race, you release like an animal that's just you know that runs at about maybe let's say seventeen k's an hour, eighteen k's an hour, and you just put it behind the lead guy. <laughs> it would be good to. Have, I mean, as a joke aside, it'd be good to have pacemakers. And, and for them to, to well, what to, about to, my animal theory? Yeah, animal theory would be brilliant. They would go for it. They'd, they'd, they'd be seven forty-seven in Kona. Yeah, but pacemakers would be good to really keep the pressure on and uh, no slacking around. Have they ever tried that? Not to my knowledge. To put a guy out with fifteen k to go, who's fresh? Oh, certainly not like that. No, no, no. But they do it in running, don't they? They do it from the start, and then the guy mm. drops away. Mm. Do they ever do it the opposite in running? Do they, do they ever bring a guy in later on in the race to pull people through? No, no. You got to start. When it comes to business time, then you get the big kahunas going for it, but no, can't. Mm. I think that's a bit, but that's a bit dodge. <laughs> oh, it's just a different way of doing things, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got lots of other things coming up this weekend. We've got Hawaii revisited, which is not a not a race as such, from my understanding. Just sort of going over to the the you know, it's a, it's Honolulu, a fundraiser, Honolulu. isn't it? It is for Challenge Athletes yeah. Foundation, and you go to pretty sure you go to Honolulu and actually do the original, original race. race. You got the Kona two two uh, the, the Nokia two two six in Finland. You got the Jurassic Man I mentioned and Ibram Man. So no WTC races, I don't think, coming up this weekend. Well, we did miss England last week or, we or UK, so there may be one. There could be one sneaking in there. Sponsor John, insurance junkie. Jurist Junkie, we've got uh, I've got a seven, towards the end of the season start, sales start coming around. And Endurance Junkie, for you special Iron Iron Talk listeners, have got a kick-ass deal. They've basically got twenty percent off the store as as a standard sale. But if you use the Iron Talk promo code, Do you still get more discount. It's thirty percent. Wow, that's good because often they go, oh, you, you got a discount, but actually there's a sale. Your discount doesn't count. Yes. Wow, that's good. So thirty percent off. It's kick butt gear so it's uh, the key thing with endurance junkie uh, this stuff is made out of merino and, and that really helps with the thermoregularity of, of um, basically it doesn't smell it doesn't smell and it keeps you cool they've got their hot ice tri suit which is perfect for you guys going to Kona it's all white down the back and it's not see through in the parts that don't need to be see through no but it's in parts in your back you see through so you yeah. look really cool and, and your back and, muscles and, rippling through and allows you to stay nice and cool but yeah through your buttocks area then it's certainly covered up we've got some nice little pockets there on the side but yeah the key thing is that it is made out of uh, sportswool so the upper body construction of merino sportswool swool provides excellent core body temperature and moisture control meaning it will keep you cooler compared to lycra top and will move sweat away faster for the maximum wear comfort. Well, John, I was at the gym yesterday, yep. Sunday, taught a class, taught two classes back to back, because yes. that's how I roll. Yes. And I stunk. Yes. And you know sometimes you get singlets that have, you know, probably time Pass to... Your time. Yeah, you got to cook and clean them in some vinegar or something to mm. get rid of the smell. Well, mm. I hadn't done that. And I went down to reception, the girls' reception said, you stink. <laughs> and I said, well, thanks for that. And... Okay. Uh, I got some endurance chunky gear, the merino. And that's the thing. Whilst this hot ice tri suit is is pretty funky and looks cool uh, and practical and practical, they've also got some really cool just regular Joe Blogs uh, gear. They've got some hoodies, they've got some t-shirts, and this is all, all again all merino stuff. And it's nice stylish stuff. I know Zania, your favourite friend, who stalks stalks yep. us both. Yep, uh, she's she, always she, running past my house. She got an endurance junkie uh, top so the hoodie. Eh? They've got the hoodie. Yeah. So get on it, people. They've got they've got a whole variety of stuff. They've got race gear. They've even got a little. Oh, right, you guys. Like, like I always think with I have a twenty five dollar t-shirt policy, which I have to admit as inflation's moved up, I'm kind of moving more towards thirty dollars. <laughs> right. Hoodies, I'm willing to pay seventy to hundred. Yes. On here with the discount, this was a twenty dollar discount, fifty dollars for a hoodie. 
That's crazy. Now, we add another 10% off that, John. That's going to be about 45 bucks. Mm. And they've got some nice... It's a nice hoodie, too. Sort of retro bike jerseys there, sport wheel bike jersey, yeah. 76 euros. We're taking away another $7.60, John. Yeah. So it's going to be Six. under 70. Yes. So That's a good price. Very good. All right, yeah, for a, for a cycling top. Yeah, yeah, totally. Bring it check on. it out. T-shirts, tri-suits, hoodies. Got some little baby gear in there as well. And the other thing to think about, John, is they've got a sale on often means next year's or the next lot of gears coming through. So maybe they'll be having some new gear coming through soon yes. as well. So check out endurancejunkie.com. Endurance-junkie.com or go for a link through our show. Okay, Jombo. Next up on the show, we're going to talk about discussion of the week. And we did one which has probably had the poorest reception of all time. It was pretty poor. So it was uh, what is a cool prize at races because it came on Tim Tim Temming uh, sent through a little article saying about some guy that won a pig at a race which was kind of funky and he was actually staying with some people in France and he ended up Handing the pig over to them, I think it was like a little training base. No, and the, the pig is now like that. that oh, they, they kept, it wasn't dead. Sorry, it was alive. Yeah, it was alive. Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty big responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, there we go. Pig. Pete Hagen, uh, as an American, while I thought it was funny, this is about fear sucker the sav. I had no idea what it really meant. Now I'm clear on the meaning. I look forward to listening to num- listening to second through second time through for number two seventy two. So then he had a link to a a post about what it means. But John, it's an Australian saying. I know that. Well, I didn't. I've never heard it. Well, they're, they're our closest cousins, you know. Yep. They, they yep. steal all our movie stars and our sports yep. people. Yeah, that's right. And they eventually come back. Benji Marshall's coming back. Yeah. Um, the Australian slang is, yeah, so it's basically... It basically means fair go. Give us a fair go. Give us a fair go. Give us a fair suck of the save. Yeah. And it could it could go something like this. Kind of a schooner of VB, thanks, mate. That'll be $8, mate. Fair dinkum. Eight, Eight bucks. bucks. Fair suck of the sav. Oh, in that case, have it for four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it's got a picture of a nice... Uh, She'll be right. A, a nice battered sausage. Put another one on the barbie. What is that? Put Slap a- another shrimp on the barbie. Slap another Cobber. <laughs> Cobber. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand does the haka. Before rugby matches, I'm sure most of you guys know about the haka. If you haven't, if you've never seen the haka, go on YouTube and do All Blacks haka. And, and, and it's one of the, probably the, most iconic sporting things in the world before the, before the All Blacks game they do the hugger and it's it's so powerful and the rest of it and if, so a few years ago the Australian you know I don't know organisation thought how do we combat the hugger yeah so so they sing waltzing Matilda wake so so we've got the hugger which is a mean aggressive you know men being yeah. men and then the Australians pull out waltzing Matilda it was, was like, woeful woeful at best so there you go waltzing Matilda that was uh, fair suck of the save that was it was a question I crushed in Cranium at the weekend we just destroyed the girls at oh, Cranium yeah. and it was a humdinger and it was waltzing Matilda and I got it did you easy who, who were you with um, just some mates on our way, and uh, the girls were talking. Belinda was talking, in particular, was talking up a big game, and we didn't just quite beat them. We absolutely we'd finished, and they weren't even probably a quarter of the way around uh, the board. Amateur hour. Yeah. They're just playing. When you step up to another level, guys, you get smashed. Exactly. Okay, so the discussion was um, what other prizes had you won, basically? And John, you talk first because I've got to find it. Uh, Lucy Francis, a year's worth of fake tan to help disguise the race tan lines. So some of these things are people's suggestions, some of them are actually things that people actually won. We had five comments. Yes. Okay, Brian Dunn, I have a winner. In 2010, I won the Las Palmas Olympic Triathlon in Rocky Point, Mexico. The prize was a double magnum bottle of tequila. <laughs> I still have it, as well as the chick on the right who is my wife. 
That's good. Um, the awards party had three kegs of DOS or some kind of beer and tequila shots. I still have tequila and barely have put a dent in it. It looks like a pretty, he's got a photo of it. He's looking pretty happy, isn't he? Tequila is, I just. I've never drank tequila. Oh, just it's one of those things that seems to shiver down your spine. Have you, had, have you had a big night on tequila? Uh, it's just vile. I don't know what, I don't know how people drink spirits. What's the one? What's the, the suicide tequila? Where, what is it? You? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, do that. Did that in, in Kona. What do you year. do? Do the salt and the lemon or the salt and lime and uh, and then slam it. No, 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 but the suicide it. one <laughs> is just not the salt. Oh. You just spray the lemon in your eye. Nah. <laughs> you drink the tequila. That sounds just a little <laughs> childish. <laughs> Oh, and drinking tequila is not? No. Uh, Sean, Sean Everett, uh, your body weight and anything the sponsors organised can think of. Okay, Andrew McKay's got, um, you just need to talk to Shane Hooks. Uh, you who are guaranteed a fun prize and for winning one of his events. He often, obviously, in Rotary has some fun prizes. Yep. Christine McKinley, Andreas Raylert, don't think that name needs much, much explanation. Hashtag hottie. So does that mean you get to win? You get to win, I guess. A uh, night with hundreds. Oh, saucy. Brett's, Brett's no longer good enough for you, Christine. Exactly. Justin Hunt has got um, winning or winning, or whining or winning a bottle of your finest Chardonnay, please. Justin, a recent convert to IMN Talk, or IM Talk, and uh, so using the sponsor's code to promote. So good work. Um, so what did you put whining in there as well? Did you put Tim Teeming? Where? Where did I put Tim Teeming? Up the front. Oh, I did too. Oh, well. Yeah. You put whining, whining a triathlon, bottle of wine. Where did I put that? My spelling's my spelling's shocking. Yeah. You know what I do? We're not because I'm so bad at spelling, and uh, so I go like this every time I write something. I go like this. Oh, oh shit! Oh, oh no! Oh no! Classic <laughs> podcasting. Oh, don't even bother! Don't even bother! <laughs> Oh, I always double check and uh, yeah so you're blaming Apple pass, I'm a bit pass. dyslexic basically and so I don't see that I make mistakes I often miss like you's like if it's the word you're that's not dyslexic I do that the whole bloody time oh do you see yeah. you're dyslexic yeah. as well yeah <laughs> and so afterwards I get the, the computer to talk back to me and then and all my stuff I write I always get Joe to proof although I've got a lot better nowadays but I just don't even see it yeah no no no. that's not just, uh, I, I do exactly the same oh dear okay yeah. well we're both and you've got some really common ones I do all the time yeah and even when you know you do it you still miss it and it really frustrates some people out there because if you don't like a program <laughs> and you do the same mistake time after time it's like, I just know those type of people it just bugs them <laughs> tough titties okay so John's discussion this week I'm not that happy with but I think we need to think of one on the spot okay so John let's do something outside the box okay so my original discussion point uh, was, just, uh, okay it's basically what's what would it take the, the, the allure everybody gets sucked into the, the Ironman races and I was thinking there's so many bloody races in the UK these days at the moment you know what does it take for you to go and do a non-WTC race Devin wasn't uh, happy with that okay we've, we've done ones like this before fine, John fine let's move on okay but we need another one and to be honest I haven't thought of one so let's who's, try to who's one your on August spot. pick for Kona Okay, that's a pretty good. Okay, just one only, one only. Boy not, and not girl. Multiple, boy and girl, one only. August pick. Yeah. There we go, it works. Winner, not second, third, winner. You only get one. Yes. Okay. Is that clear enough? One. <laughs> How many, John? One. <laughs> exactly. I'm thinking one myself. Okay, then, there we go. Let's talk about, oh, let's put some music on, Jumbo. Each group of the week. <clears throat> okay, Jombo, so we've got an email through from good old Brian. 
Branchy. Brian Branchy. And he's saying, oh, I'm a long-time listener and first-time writer. Congratulations. We know it's a big step. You've done it. <laughs> yeah. My training partner, Troy uh, Silverstrin. Or Tory. Oh, sorry. Tory Tr- Silverstrin. Who said that? Strin? Silverstrin. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Just completed his first Iron Distance Triathlon over the weekend at the full Vireman race in California. He is a full-time dentist, dental resident, pursuing a master's in science and in education so he can become a full-time... Um, Basically, a guy who does root canals. <laughs> <laughs> Educator. His residency is more, more than full-time job, and it's amazing he has any time to find time for training. He is one of the most organized, intense people I know and has found a way to squeeze in all of the necessary training sessions between seeing patients, teaching dental students, and studying for his courses. He had no idea what he would be up against for his first iron distance race and guessed he might finish somewhere between the 12 to 13 hours. Didn't this come through last year? No, it came through on July the 30th, 2013. Oh, okay. okay, that seems similar. Okay, um, but ended cr- by, by, by crushing the swim in 109, biking in 5.30 and ran the first third fastest run of the day, a 3.30 marathon for a 10.18 finish that landed him in the top 10 ninth overall. And he finished on the podium in his age group, third in the 25 to 29 age group. He uh, outdid what he thought was possible and showed that Ironman is an amazing event that brings the best out in those that compete in the ranks of triathlon. Please consider Tory for Age Group of the Week, and I think that's a fantastic effort. It is. We didn't just consider it, we pushed it We confirmed it. We confirmed it, yes. And great event, Vine Man, which is which he smoked it at. Not the fastest course in the world, so I think a 10.18 is, is very noteworthy on debut and just it looks like a very nice balanced race 109 530 and 330 I love it when when, like guys like Tori who have you know they're high level people you Mm -hmm. know someone like Tori you know you don't get to that level of education without having some brains behind you Mm -hmm. and uh and you know you're and also without working your butt off and you know so so like it sounds like Tori just works and works and works but then to be able to get quality training in you know, because a lot of guys can do that, yep. but they don't really get quality. And now, you know, and it's you know, and nothing against those guys because if you finish an Ironman and you're doing a full time busy job, that's pretty impressive in itself. Mm. But for in your first Ironman to get you know close to ten hours, ninth overall, ninth overall, he loved his Ironman experience so much. Despite swearing to himself during the race that he would never do another one, he's already signed up for two for two more this year. Careful of that heart there. Two more this year. Brian Branchy. I don't Not say Brian that. Branchy. Careful <laughs> your heart. Uh, Listen to you. Got to have appropriate recovery. You'll be right. Jeepers, you're just you're scaremongering, you are. No, you, you'll be fine. Careful your heart. I do love it when you get to that time in your life, John, and I've just actually had a period like that in the last kind of six weeks where you've just got big project after big project after big project, and, but you're just hitting all of it. Careful your heart. You might just push yourself out <laughs> exactly. there. <laughs> We're all gonna die. So no, but you know what I mean? Like like in the last pretty much since I've well, the last two months, I've just had like twelve massive projects and you've just gotta be time efficient, you've got to be on top of your time management, but you've got to be focused when you're working on whatever you're working on. And you just while it's kind of demanding, it's also quite rewarding and it's quite nice to get to that place, isn't it? You bring that level of level of focus to the show every week. I oh, know, wing yeah, the show. It's, it's... This is a key part of your week. You know? <laughs> That's my number one priority. It should be. I'm sure. Yeah, right. yeah. So Tori Silverstone, nice work indeed. Strin or Sin? Silverstrin, by it's, the look of it. It's S-I-L-V-E-S-T-R-I-N. Nice work. Yeah. 
and you are a trip of the week. week. Love your work, and if, we, if we're in wherever you live, I do need some dental work. So maybe we come see you because uh-huh. it's not cheap for dental, is it? Uh-huh. My brother's in the in the same. So he does the implants and all that sort of stuff. Did you said he get cheap. Sorry. Well, if I get if I if I need an implant or or a bridge and things like sort of stuff. But yeah, what about just basic industry? Well, it's an expensive flight up to Tauranga back for just a, a clean. <laughs> <laughs> what about Christmas time? You get yearly clean. Or oh, if I'm up there, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you go every year? No. Oh, John. Yeah. Why not? Because I've got good teeth, and I. No, that's the problem. Yeah. So do you force every day? No, I don't. And I oh. get told off by Christine McKinley every time I go to see her. Yeah. Oh, she's your dentist. Yeah. I didn't even know she was a dentist. Yeah. I'll go to you, Christine. Give me an email because my dentist was crap. Right. I went to the dentist last year, John, and it's 120 bucks just for 20 minutes, which kind of does your head in. But yeah. but that's just the deal. But the guy was the most rude guy I've ever met. You know me, I'm pretty personable. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty friendly. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, go, mate. Good. He didn't even talk to me. That's he's in the industry which he must like because people can't talk when you when you got your yeah, mouth. But, like he didn't even like give me like a, a smiley face. It was nothing, John. His, his pictures on the wall were boring. Uh. Maybe you just had a bad day. Christina, you're a new dentist. Right. You've just made a new client. There you go. And how often do you go see her? Just from time to time when there's a bit of contra going on. <laughs> <laughs> see you soon. Uh, she's actually coming in this week for programs, so maybe I'll be going next week. <laughs> because I go every year and I floss every day, John. Flossing's more important than brushing. Did you Good know that? You. Yes, I did. It's because you know what will happen, John. My teeth fall out. How old are you now? 37. Next 10 years, you're going to start getting those black marks between your teeth. Oh, dear. Eating me inside. <laughs> well, it won't be. It will be because it'll be your teeth. Ah, oh, let's move on. Go see your dentist. Christine, I'm coming to see you in November. Book me in now. November. Just send me a date. Yeah. That's my year. I'm going to go to this other guy. I'm dumping you because you're boring. All right. Sponsor, John. Extreme Endurance. So, so I was standing around at the, the duathlon a couple of weeks ago. We had our second round of the, the bikery JD duathlon. Nice. And uh, Gail Harvey Haywood, local. If you'd turned up and did it, would have you dominated? Uh, in this particular race, yes, I probably would. John, is Gail the girl who lives at Ring Europe? Uh, that way at Amberley. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, I know Gail. Yep. Yep. Good chick. So he qualified for Kona this year and uh, was so freaking out so much she about- She qualified? Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. well done Gail. Yeah. Freaking out so much about the race, she decided she needed to come over to the camp in Kona so she actually get the, the lab Wait, land. so she, this year she went or she's going next year? So she's going this year. So she qualified in Taupo and she's going in October. Freaking out a bit about the course and needs to needs to get a good grip of it so I decided to come on my camp. Oh, in, so she went May. to the camp. Okay, mm-hmm. great. And now it's got the full full knowledge, the full inside scoop, and she's going to go over there and, and crush it. But she came up to me at the duathlon the other day, and, and on the camp, we, everybody on the camp gets a little uh, travel pack, the Extreme Endurance travel yeah, pack. toothbrush? Sorry? No, yeah, we, we hand out toothbrushes on the camp as well, yeah. part of the sponsorship. Johnson, yeah. Johnson & Johnson, big yeah. sponsor. And they should be a sponsor of the show now. We're, we're so exactly, happy. yeah. <clears throat> that would big dollars. And she, she came up to me at the thing, she goes, that Extreme Insurance stuff is bloody amazing. Oh, really? She, she, ordered, she got a bottle as well after the camp, and she's hooked on it. She just says she's feeling fantastic. She's not getting – she's doing some pretty heavy training and not getting sore after races, feeling, feeling a really nice lift in her performance. And so just another endorsement, and it's just – it's. Yeah, you know, sometimes people. Yeah, you know, if you've got to go for a massive big investment, yeah, you, know, you maybe you're thinking, right? I've heard so much about these power meters. You know how much it's going to cost me to do this, or I want, I need to get some race wheels. You know, you're looking at thousands, you know, thousands of dollars to to get this sorted. Forty four ninety five for basically to give you a month long trial, and, and within a month you'll know whether this is the the business or not for you. And if you take off five bucks for the I am Talk five promo code, thirty nine ninety five, Bevan. 
for a little experiment to see if it's working for you. Bevan's yawning away. I'm just exciting him so much. I tell you, tell you I had a good night's sleep too. Mm. But you know, maybe I need some extra yeah. endurance to get me through my sleep. You must do. Mm. Well, you don't if you had a good night's sleep. Well, yeah, I'm going to be doing four. a lot. You're going to be doing a lot of walking over the next few weeks. Yeah, I am too. Yep. And you, you do get tired when oh, you're on when holiday. you're travelling. Yeah. Like when we were in Europe, Europe last year, I reckon we walked at least a half marathon every day. At oh, least. that's a bit extreme. No. Because walk, we would have walked five, six hours a day. Get a GPS. Have you got, Joe's got a GPS, hasn't she? Joe GPS is the worst thing ever. Oh, <laughs> well, my phone has got GPS. Yeah, right. Log, log it up one, okay. one, one, one of your big okay. days. Challenge. And I reckon you won't be working half marathon. I reckon but, we but two marathons. But you get tired, sore legs from a lot of walking when you're doing intensive travelling. I think New York, yeah. we're going to walk every day. Yeah, you would in New York, we walk a lot. Yep. So at least a half marathon, I reckon. At least. Yep. <laughs> Make sure that GPS is walking when you get your, your undergoing the underground and all that no, sort of Joe stuff. No, GPS basically, Joe's hopeless with like navigation, personal. Right. Yeah. She's hopeless. Even when you give her the GPS, yeah. she cocks it up. Oh. So Joe GPS is our kind of inside joke that right. basically we're going to get lost. So. Okay. So if you, if you don't want to get lost and you want to be feeling good, Go on the Extreme Endurance, xendurance.com. Use the promo code IAMTALK. It's only $44.95, and then you get five bucks off with the promo code IAMTALK5. Okay, here we go. We're going to put some music on and start Coach's Corner, and then we're going to interview. So here we go. Coach's Corner. Puberty's finally hit. Okay, so Coach's Corner, John, we've got a question through from Ted. He's going to ask curious today as to what were your thoughts towards heart rate controlled type of training? I'm almost done with my fourth week of training for a 16-week Ironman Miami 70.3, and it's going great. My weight has finally dropped, paces are getting better, and the average heart rates are coming down. I'm down about 10 BPMs on the run average and are to about 160. My average cadence is up by about 5 to 6 RPM in between. 81 to 84 and my heart rate on the bike now is staying around the same with increased speeds of around 1.2k miles per hour depending on wind conditions I was curious if the um, Maffletone he's a he's a one of the great heart rate guys of the of the past approach would have benefits with 12 weeks remaining on the run or should I continue to stay on the course love the show and keep up the amazing work and so I think with TD not Ted, Teddy. Teddy Shield. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of us have, a lot of people have just thrown the heart rate monitors away these days. So. Well, because it really was. Heart rate, you know, 10 years ago was the tool, wasn't it? You know, well, It was the only tool really available. And, and it was dominant. And if you, it, like, it's interesting. If you Sometimes now with the internet, you look at, you'll do like training and like Mark Allen will come up and he's got all this heart rate stuff. Mm. Whereas I don't know if Mark would be that much into heart rate he, he, as well as much nowadays well he was very associated with this Maffetone fella who we probably should get on the show at some stage and with a lot of a lot of Mark Allen's stuff um, not that I've looked into it in huge detail but also most programs that, that go by heart rate are very aerobic in their nature and, and, and I think when you start going anaerobic then heart rate doesn't become quite so useful so I'm very much for me personally I, I tend to go much more by pace and yeah. power but I still take notice of what my heart rate's doing. So well, heart rate can be helpful when we're thinking about, you know, looking at the overall picture, am I getting mm-hmm. good recovery and all that kind of stuff. It, mm-hmm. it can give you good feedback on that. But yeah, it does seem to be moving away from that as time goes forward, doesn't it? So a few few tips that I've got is is don't throw away your heart rate monitor. It's it's a valuable tool and it's I think it's really useful to, to be wearing it when you're training and, and keeping an eye on it. And one of the reasons 
that I find it really useful is is so often in races people's equipment they have equipment failure and so if you're in an Ironman and you're racing to power and your power meter falls down you go what the hell am I going to do now and so I think it's a really good tool to be able to keep you in check so yeah if you've got a power meter and you're racing to power stick with the power and and probably don't take too much notice of heart rate but if the power's going to fail for, for whatever reason then you can divert, revert to heart rate and maybe have a bit of a ceiling heart rate that you don't really want to go over uh, so I think it's, it's a useful tool in, in that regard a couple of other things that I find it really the heart rate monitor really useful for is is when I'm doing longer reps or have athletes doing longer reps um, uh, in long intervals then you can really for those that are new to power, you can actually start to look at what that power means over a longer period of time. So if I go out and, and ride 45 minutes at Ironman power, perceived effort is like, this is just ridiculously easy. But if you've got some some previous data from, from races and you can actually have a look at what your heart rate's doing around about um, when you're going through that process, so you can actually sort of do a bit of calibration and say, you know, this is actually about the right heart rate for me from, from based off races in the past where I've done really well. So I think it's a really good sort of calibrating tool if you're, if you're new to power. And probably the main area where I look at it for, for athletes that I coach and in my own training is to see how efficient you, you, you are. So for example, um, during test sessions, simulations, long reps, if you're out there and you're doing say a one hour effort and it might either be an Ironman effort or half Ironman effort or, or doing some intervals, actually looking at what your heart rate's doing when you're going through there. So you might be able to keeping your power really really even so you might say right doing an hour at 200 watts and then if you're wearing a heart rate monitor you might actually see a real drifting upwards so you know you're starting to decouple a bit you may have heard that term a little bit so heart rate can be really useful in that regard as to you know right I'm going to keep this even power and ideally you want your heart rate to be staying nice and even throughout the whole interval or the session um, but, but if you're wearing a heart rate monitor you may actually see a quite a, a sharp drifting up of your, of your heart rate and that means you know you're not necessarily that efficient at that zone so you can you know alter your training a little bit and yeah, as I said earlier, the other area where I really think it's useful to have is, is when you're in a race setting and you can use it as a bit of a ceiling control. Jobbo, if you're, like power's cool, but what if you don't have power on the bike? Well, I haven't had power for a long time and a lot of people don't have power. So so in, in terms of a, a race setting, um, using this as a ceiling control, and we've gone through you know how you can figure out your heart rates in the past, you know, whether it be through yeah, a maximum heart rate test, a lactate test, but then you've got to use it in a race because racing is different to training. So wear your heart rate monitor when you're doing a sprint distance triathlon, when you're doing a half Ironman, and start to gather that data, and then we, you know, whether you need a bit of assistance from a coach or whether you can figure it out yourself, but then you can actually set set your zones. And yeah, in a race setting on the bike, you know, the critical time is is always that first, you know, the first half of the ride, and have a heart rate limit that you're just not going to cross over on the flats. Obviously, you need a bit of flexibility when you're going up climbs, but that's the critical critical time of the race where you can really really cock things up. When it comes to the run and actually doing an Ironman race based <coughs> off heart rate. Your heart rate. I tend to. By the time you get to that stage of the race, you know you're going to have you're going to have K markers. You can, or you're going to have mile markers, and that should be good enough to say, right, I'm going to run to a particular pace. You could still have heart rate as a bit of a guide, but once you once you're halfway through the run, you know your heart rate might do start doing some funny things, and you're better off, um, you know, just settling into a pace that you know is is, is realistic. And in, in terms of a, a training side of things, then 
yeah, uh, maybe I'll go into that now where it's where the heart rate monitor is not so useful is when you, if you're doing short intervals, so you're doing two minute intervals or four minute intervals or you're doing hill reps or anything like that that aren't particularly long, there's quite a long lag with the heart rate in terms of it actually gets to the right place. So if you're on if you if you're on an average heart rate setting it can be a bit misleading and if you're trying to get to a particular heart rate it might take you half the rep before you even get there. So yeah. I think for shorter intervals if you don't have um, power or pace you're better off just going by perceived effort still record your heart rate and you can go back and review that if you're using training peaks or anything like that you can actually look at what your your heart rate is is doing um the other areas where i don't find heart rate particular can be not so useful as in, as in camp settings you know you, you're often dictated to to what other people are doing or if you're in a group you know it's going to be low when you're in the inside the group and then it's going to be a bit higher when you're on the front so it's uh, you know group group sessions um, on the bike in particular are not particularly useful um, and and if you're a real newbie and this is Ted I'm not quite sure it, it sounds like you're fairly new to the sport your heart rates are going to change fairly quickly if, yeah. you're, if you're a brand new newbie because you're you progressing so much aren't you mm, yeah mm. And you're going to become a lot more efficient at that, those lower zones very, very quickly. So you're going to need to change those zones um, quite quickly. I guess the other area where I get pretty frustrated with um, with heart rate is is the the, the the failure in the spikes of, of heart rate monitors. And they cut out all the time, don't they? Yeah, and, and I found this more so with the Garmin than I did with the Polar. But you're going along and everything's fine, and then boom, you're at 180, and it's just like what yeah. the hell? And is it ruins going your on? average. And, yeah, yeah. So. Again, I use it as a tool, but I'm not as religious. Whereas with power, I'm going, right, I'm sitting on 200 watts. Whereas with heart rate, I'm saying, right, well, I just don't really want to go above 135. And if it goes to 155 and it feels like, well, I just go, well, that's actually not quite right. So you just got to use it as a bit of a guide. And heart rate can also be quite influenced by other factors. So if you're doing a morning session and trying to compare that with an evening session after work, then there's going to be some some differentials there. So much more of as, as a guideline tool. But I think the overall question there was really around using it for an overall program. And certainly if you're following like a Mark Allen program or a Mathtone program, in general, I think they're going to be fairly conservative aerobic programs. And so in those instances, I think they're pretty good in terms of developing your your base and your your basic fitness when you're going to start upping the ante and getting a bit more technical with intervals and reps or if you're trying to take it to the next level and do some anaerobic threshold work or some even some vo2 max work then don't find heart rate quite so useful so still a good tool don't throw it away use it as as another part of your repertoire of tools that you're going to use um, but i tend not to rely on it as much as what some people may have used in the past yeah, good stuff there. It is, it is, it is one of those things that most people aren't really using right now. But you know, like if you are going to use it, there's some value. It's just knowing where the value and where the value isn't. If yeah. you're going to use it, use it fairly regularly. So many people <laughs> in the past have had heart rate monitors and they've they wear it for like one session and just sort of. Forget. Don't really take much notice yeah. of it. So if you're going to wear it, and that's where Training Peaks comes into into play so much these days. If you've got a heart rate monitor that can talk to your computer, then just wear it for every session and just upload it and then you you know you might not review every session but you can actually go back and start to maybe see some trends there so uh well and, and let's be honest it sounds like Teddy is the kind of guy who likes to geek out you know you know mm. like the numbers he came at with in his email is obviously pretty thorough in his reading and like a training peaks or you know even if he could invest in a GPS watch you know those kind of next level tools as well I imagine someone like Ted's going to get a lot of value out of 
And these days, you know, the price of GPS watches is so cheap. I wouldn't say they're so cheap, but they're, wow, they're, they're pretty they're, reasonable. They're, but com- comparing it to like a heart rate only, you know, say you go for a Polar heart rate monitor versus a Garmin, which has got heart rate and pa- and, and pace, you're better off spending a little bit more. Yeah, but it's getting, still pretty cheap. Like, for, like I got Joe a GPS watch for Christmas or a birthday or whatever, mm. and um, I think I paid two hundred and twenty bucks. And mm. it's, a, it's a, it was, it was mid range. It was it had everything she needs, you know, and it works really well. And it was like two hundred twenty bucks. The Garmin nine ten is is pretty cool, and that's I think that's it, top it, of the range, isn't it? Yeah, that's, but still, it's five nine nine. I think in New Zealand, yep. you Americans probably get it about a quarter of the price. Yep. Um, but that's a pretty good unit because then you can use it for your open water swimming. You can use it for, for it's got heart rate. Put it's on your got, bike. Yeah, you can you can use it for everything, and it's and it's got some good race settings as well. And then you can, if you go to to that level, then you can upload all those files to Training Peaks or to Garmin Connect, and you can analyze things as much or as little as you want. Yep. Okay, hope that helps. Hmm. Recipe of the week, John. Yes. No. We're padding here. We've got we've got it's a we're short show need today. To pad. The show's just about finished. Yep, we can move on. <laughs> we've only been going for like forty minutes. Recipe of the week it never works. It does so. I get so much. I get so many emails every week. What a lie! Because I'm the person who does emails. Yeah, but you always see you get so many emails about things like oh, oh, rubbish. We we get so many response. I just get people twittering me and facebooking me all the time. I'm going to check your Facebook page right now. I love I'm, all I'm this up your stuff. Right now, this is a simple, if you're full of crap. This is a simple one. Fear second to save. What is it? <laughs> It's just roast vegetables on couscous. This is a classic. Eggplant, red onion, garlic, fennel's a key, and pepper. You slice it all up, put in a couple of baking trays, spread it out, cover it in, in olive oil, get some kick-ass good salt, um, good rock salt, and grind it up in your mortar and pestle. Um, Celtic sea salt is a, is a favourite of mine. And then just bake the shit out of it. And, uh, and get are, it nice, are you finished? Just about. See, it's a nice, short, concise one. Bake the crap out of it, get it nice and crispy, and then do some couscous. You just basically one part couscous to one part water. Always cover your couscous, and then it just absorbs nicely. Chuck it all on top. Make yourself some homemade tzatziki. You just need natural, unsweetened yogurt. You chuck in some mint and some grated cucumber. Pour that over the top, and that is a nice, simple, nutritious. I like, I like your photo here on um, of your Epic Camp like tops of the crew. Oh yeah, good. Yeah, it's quite a nice photo. They're quite nice tops. They were. Yeah, very nice. They're really nice. Who did those? O2 Creations, um, designed by Ed yeah. and Ed and uh, yeah, they're really, really cool. Yeah. Got your bike on there. Yeah, he always put the bike up front. Do. Yeah, send it through his sponsor. Yeah, always do. Always was there a recipe there? There was. <laughs> John's roasted vegetable on couscous. Delicious. Okay, delicious. Recipe of the week's done. I've, I've wrapped it up. Okay, questions yeah. and answers and dinner. Oh, no, a- a- oh, sorry, sponsor. Sponsor. Got to give Athlinks some love here. We do. And hold on a second. <clears throat> Have we got any more interviews today? No, that's it. Oh, good times. So what we set up on Athlinks a little while ago was our little group, and. Uh, and so if you join up to that, then you can compare yourself against other Athlinks finishers at particular events. And we've got 4,203 events that um, I Am Talk listeners have participated in. So if you're interested in getting being a part of that, you need to have an Athlinks account. And then you just simply go on to, on to Athlinks and you could click on the... Uh, the clubs tab is one way of finding us, and then you just type in I M Talk one word race team, and you'll find it, and you can add, add yourself to that group, and then you can go through and you can compare yourself. We've got lots of races here where only one or two athletes have done it. Gold Coast Marathon, you Aussies in Queensland, did you did you use that one you went to Gold Coast or did you go yep. Gold Coast? We had Adam Zahara there, and he did three oh two. Oh, just missed out on the three hour barrier. Oh, and Christopher. Slocum took out uh, did it in three seventeen. Nice, nice work. Nice. So and there's uh, the AGC Peachtree 
road race. Three athletes did that. It was in Georgia. Really? Three Iron Talk Business? Yeah. Chris Harmon, Iron Ron Zappendorf, and Paul the Chainsaw Link. Oh, nice. Did uh, 43 minutes, 46 in, in 101. Don't know how far that race was. Doesn't quite say here. It was 100 miles. 100 miles. Yep, I'm, I'm picking it. was probably uh, ballpark 10K, probably. Yep. And so, yeah, basically... What you can basically do is, is then you can go to any event that you do, see any other I Am Talk listeners in there, and you can compare yourself and just lay a little bit of smackdown talk. Get onto our Facebook page and, and lay a little bit of smackdown talk in there. Ironman UK 70.3, we missed out on the full Ironman a little while ago, but the guys that did the 70.3 over there, Private was the first finisher. Nice. Private, well done, Private. Yes. Uh, Tom Ballard was second and. 5.47 and Gary Hobbs was third in 6.53 Wow, there you go So there you go, so get, get onto it get your Athlinks page, we, we had uh, our Legends of Triathlon interview up last week with Jackie Gallagher and she had every single result she'd ever done um, recorded on a spreadsheet which was just incredible, but this way Athlinks does all the work for you, just, it just takes a couple of seconds each time you do it and uh, and then you've got a lot more comparison It against. was cool seeing that spreadsheet of hers Yeah, Guys if you haven't listened to the latest Legends of Triathlon, we've got Jackie Gallagher mm-hmm. and Jackie Fairweather, she was with Jackie yep. Gallagher when she was racing and uh, she, she, it's a great interview, isn't it? Jeez, mm. I love the Legend shows. Mm, they're great. Yeah, they really are, aren't they? They're really great. If, you haven't, if you're not listening to them, tell the world about them because they're so good. And it's like, it's just the history of the sport. And they really open up. And yeah, no one, we've not had a bad interview, stuff. have we? No, they tell you some really good stuff on the... On the and I love it because our sport's just so young. Mm. You know, like in the history of sport, we're one of the youngest sports out there. And it's uh, it's so cool to hear these these early stories of a sport that's trying to find its feet, which found its feet pretty quickly. Accelerated, very yeah, quickly. yeah, and it's uh, it's it's great. So mm. yeah, nice. Check it out, athlinks.com. Okay, guys, questions and answers. You're coming in there was great. Dennis Charles, he's got highest accolade for Ironman. Uh, Last week at the SP Awards, which is the ESPN equivalent of the Oscars, Rick and Dick Hoyt were given the the Jimmy V Award. Um, Obviously, that's like maybe a lifetime achievement or Mm. a, yep. Um, And uh, it was pretty cool, basically. They they got an award for, um, I know they're not pros, but we can think of them as, have you ever had a triathlon triathlete have a higher accolade? Which is mm. probably true. Is you know probably can't. Mm. Uh, they were given the award by their local boy Ben Affleck. So nice work. So we'll have a little link there for the for this little YouTube clip of them getting uh, receiving that award. Nice work, Rick and Dick. We're gonna email. Where would we be without Rick and Dick? I mean, that's. I'd, I'll be honest. I think they are probably one of the biggest influences in our sport. That and Julie Moss. Like, um, um, I'm, I'm probably possibly getting a new a new sponsor coming on board, and I'm going to go do some some talks for them in terms of oh, really? uh, staff. Stuff and staff, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell them to pull their finger, aren't you? Yeah, look, you crap heads, yeah. you're lazy. But you know, and I was thinking, you know, uh, you can't, can't go and talk to staff about hardcore training. I mean, you can you can bring elements into that, but I wanted to bring some motivational stuff into it. And um, and I think I've pl- got the clip playing that clip. Is, I've got it. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, no, but I did a good version of it if you want it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, because yeah. the one on YouTube was good, but if you download it, it's not very good. Right. So I made the whole thing myself. It took me for hours. Okay, sweet. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I saw that. I'll just take 10% ten commission. <laughs> but um, yeah, just uh, I think yeah, they, they were one of the key motivators for. for oh, I, like I know for me, 
years ago, before I even knew about I Man, I was one like you know this is when I was like druggy, not going anywhere. Mm. And one afternoon, it was on must be on on Sky Sports, and they showed that race. And I remember just thinking it was the most phenomenal thing I'd ever seen. Like mm. I just it was just mind blowing. And mm. and I know that a lot of people, you know, I Man do understand that. Selling the everyday person story is a really good marketing tool for them, mm. but Rick and Dick Hoy aren't the everyday person. They're the person who faced probably you know adversity that we don't really understand, and for what they've chosen to do with that, it's pretty impressive. And I'm, I can guarantee that a lot of people listening to the show right now will think that watching that clip or watching those guys made them think this was possible. And mm. you know, as you say, I don't think us bought. Well, who knows? You can't say, but it, they definitely have had a big impact. Mm. That '98. It's 89, wasn't it? 89. 89. 89 race is probably almost the best one you could watch. Oh, was that on at the 89 yeah. show, was it? Oh, jeez. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is because yeah. I've, I've got the – I bought it. Right. And it's the – I'm pretty sure it's the 89. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got it's got the Mark Allen and Dave Scott yeah. and Rick and Dick Hoyt. Yeah. Well, if you put if you put Mark Allen, Dave Scott, Julie Moss and Rick and Dick Hoyt, those are the three things that I think have helped shape the sport in terms of – And unfortunately, why aren't we creating those now? You know, because I always think back to the Macarado race. Mm. That was closer than the Mark Allen Dave Scott. Now I know that you didn't have the history behind it. The, you know, the yeah. the warring battle between hands. You know, mm. and, the, and the passing of the kind of, you know, the the baton of success. But it, yeah, it, it, we don't seem to have those iconic stories. When was the last time we had an iconic story that mm. continues on? Mm. No, I agree. That was a, an incredible race. Mm. Like even Chrissy, the year. When she had the bike accident, her last time, mm. you know, and you, you know that's an iconic story, but it doesn't get told in, in the same way. There's a podcast there for you, Bevan. What was that iconic? Iconic stories, stories of triathlon. Yeah, that's the next one. <laughs> okay, we've got a question here from Nathan McKelly Got. Great show, uh, great motivation during those long sessions. Keep up the good work. I have a question for discussion of the week, which is puzzling me. I hear John talking about the ITU athletes, best athletes in the world. They are. How they are small and uh, light, whereas IMF athletes tend to be larger and more powerful. Why is this so? I thought that this sounds uh, counterintuitive as the ITU athletes are going shorter and would need more power to push out the speeds they do, especially considering that they can draft on the bike, whereas IMF athletes I thought would need to be like Grand Tour cyclists and marathon runners who are very small and light, which would make them better at endurance events. Can boss John possibly provide an explanation to why this seems to be the other way around? Uh, best thing to do is go and watch a running race, you know, one of the big marathons and looking at the size of the runners in that race and they are stick figures yeah yeah because muscle yeah it's it's just yeah if you every kg you can lose makes a massive improvement in in terms of your running and these guys remember they're talking percentages um it's but but at the same time for for joe blogs average age grouper you lose some you lose some of your weight you will almost guaranteed you'll run faster so that's you know okay but then you look at a guy like andy potts yeah, but uh, well, let's just look at the ITU athletes first. Is they have to run fast, and uh, and and they just have to be as small as they possibly can, and they're going to, to run fast. And so they're 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 basically on a tightrope. Is I've got to run as fast as I possibly can. I've got to get as light as I possibly can to do that. But I've just got to keep enough on so that I can swim fast. And the bike in these days is those those, those guys ride hard. But um, yeah, the main balance they need to get is keeping enough body mass so they can swim well, um, whilst being able to run electrically fast. So that is the main reason why they are so much smaller. Whereas when we go to the long distance racing, um, 
the guys are bigger. Well, one of the reasons is that people gravitate towards long distance if they are bigger because they're not small enough to run fast, so they can't achieve things at uh, yeah, but, but, distance. But you do, you, oh, but then you look at like when Mecca won it, he was lean, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And you look at Rayler, he's although maybe it's the thing that hurts him, but he's so lean. Like, you know, when you do get to Kona, but they're those, still they're yeah, still muscular, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're yeah. lean, but they're they're muscular a lot bigger than most of the ITU athletes. And so when we're talking about these amazing fast run splits that these guys are doing, that we think two forty is fast. It's not actually very fast running. Um, and and so you don't need to be anywhere near as small as you do to be able to run those times. Yes, it does help, but the main thing on an Ironman is you've got to be able to survive that bike and be strong to be able to run a good steady run so that, so the, to answer the question the long course guys yeah they're not running as quite as quick so they don't need to be quite as small still certainly helps but it's a more of a tightrope for them as they've got to be strong enough on the bike and then run off run run well so they don't need to be quite as small and often it's just um um i don't know it's just bigger athletes are attracted to, to long course stuff because they haven't been able to achieve it at short course like David Dell is a great example he's a he's a big unit yeah I wouldn't miss him and uh, and he was a very good ITU athlete but it was just it was just too big to be able to run fast Pete Jacobs is um, you know, he's, he's lean but he's still reasonably solid sized guy yeah and, um, and one of the probably arguably the fastest runner in the sport along with Crowey at this stage and yeah, but if he, if he was to try to go and compete against the short course guys, he'd get absolutely spanked. Um, so he's just you know, probably a little bit too big to run really, really fast. Okay, next question. Um, next one's not a question. Training Peaks have uh, just released a new app, which they're pretty stoked about, and they're really going after the, the Apple market a bit more, which I'm pretty excited about, because at the moment you can't get uh, WKO as the Apple version, so Bevan telling me I need to get my Apple Macs, and I'm, I'm fully Apple Mac'd all out now, and uh, I can't use you love WKO. It, don't you? I, I, I do, but I, I don't love that I can't use WKO. Why don't you use, why don't you use an emulator? Mm, well, I don't need to now, because oh, no tra- Training Peaks are coming out in October with uh, a beautiful, simple, intuitive version of trainingpeaks.com. This fall and an all-new WKO Plus that will incorporate new training science that has never been available in the initial software, analysis software. But at the moment, and I just downloaded it yesterday, is the new version of their, um, their the Training Peaks app, which means you can do a lot more with stuff on your phone, especially from a coaching perspective, the old version um, wasn't particularly good if you had a coach version of Training Peaks, but the new one uh, you can do a lot more with. So check that out, trainingpeaks.com, or otherwise I guess you go to the App Store and you can download it there. So nice work, Training Peaks. And if you're going on to Training Peaks, remember, you, um, if you're going to sign up, please go through imtalk.me and click on that link so then they know that you're going through there. And if you've got an account, uh, if you're going to, to Premium, remember to use the code imtalk and you get a 15% discount and uh, it's all good in the hood so make sure you let those guys know that you heard about them on I Am Talk Thank you Giant Sponsor Coffees of Hawaii uh, It's a Family Family Well I think this is, we're going, We all need family I think we're going to Kona we're going, we, we're, What do you mean? Well going to Kona Kona Coffees Coffees of Hawaii they've got coffees from all over Hawaii and they've got coffees from different, different parts of the world as well but, but from Nicaragua I think but uh, if you want to get some you know Triathlon Kona, it's all about that. If you want to get some Kona coffee, they've got a Kona Peabury, a European roast that adds character to the fragrant wine and fruit-toned bouquet of this 100% Kona coffee. These single-formed beans give an even more concentrated taste of our 
regular Kona Nightingale cupping characteristics. So they've got a Kona Peabury and they've got a Kona Nightingale. If you want to get on that, get yourself some proper Kona coffee, go to coffeesofaway.com and remember to use the IM Talk promo codes, which you can find on imtalk.me, and you can get yourself a two pound. Oh, they've sold out of the Kona Peabury, Bevan. That's so popular. All the kids want it. You have to wait for next season. You will have to wait for next season. What about the Kona Nightingale? Got, we've got a bit of Coney Nightingale going on. You can get a two-pound bag. What's going on on your phone over there, Bevan? Nothing, but you wouldn't know because I keep it turned down, John. <laughs> there you go. You get yourself a two-pound bag of Coney Nightingale for 69 bucks, or an eight-ounce bag for 18 bucks, or a two-ounce bag for 4 89 One thing you can do when you get your orders, guys, is you can actually get your kind of grind that you want. Mm-hmm. So you might just want the pure beans or you might want an espresso. Better say that right, yeah, Bevan. exactly. Grind. You can get a whole bean, a coarse bean, a regular bean, a drip grind. And uh, so you can kind of choose based on your own personal needs. Let's get out, guys. Support the guys that support the uh, support the sport, coffeesofwire.com. And if you want the promo codes, go via imtalk.me. And we've got a little uh, sponsor section there, and you can pick them all up there. Okay, John Booth sponsors, coffeesofwire.com. Get, you get your grind. Get your grind on. Endurance junkie. Get your cool ice gear. Athlinks.com. Social networking. Tell us what you're doing. And extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. Yes. Do it. Gail does. Gail knows everything. Gail knows everything. John, I heard you could almost be in jail. Have I violated some rules, have I? Apparently taking camera footage underwater of kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's been done. It looks a little bit suspect at times. You've been following me on something. I stalk you. You stalk me? Yeah. Tell us about it. He's going, how does he know about this? Um... I wonder when he'll figure out. Yes, probably my lovely wife. Anyway, your last week bike to Tekapo. How'd that go? It was good. 247 Ks. How long did it take you? It was like eight hours and 57 minutes, I think it was. Oh, yeah, sorry. It was uh, pretty slow average speed. But then I looked at my graph yesterday and uh, it's quite a bit of uphill. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, between here and where it's sort of pretty much sea level here and finish up at about 750 metres elevation and you've got quite a bit of bumpy stuff there in the middle so it's pretty slow going and I was solo and it was bloody freezing when I started it was like it was pretty heavy frost started at 6.30 in the dark <sighs> Phil and Ada led me out for the first uh, sort of 90 minutes or so and then I was solo for the rest of the ride pretty mm. glad it's August and not later because I saw so many bloody magpies out there I don't know if I would have made it oh really if, uh, because magpies started attacking around September time or September October and I would have just been I would have been magpie fodder <laughs> a friend of mine um, who went down there with um, passed me in the car didn't even see me really we're, like, we're on Thompson's track which is this road it's just like a straight road there's nothing out there came past did me, you see them I pointed out to them where I had seen them and they said I was looking out for you didn't even see you I thought that's not so good for my safety. No, it's not. No. <laughs> Didn't even notice me. But uh, no, it was a good ride and I was really pleased. I had a huge explosion at around, before going into Geraldine, so around about... I don't know, 130, 140k, and I was like, holy smokes, just didn't quite get my nutrition right, exploded, and uh, hobbled into Geraldine and uh, went pretty hard out on the food there, yeah, yeah. and the rest of the day was, um, was pretty good. Lots of sugar? Um, more just I had a piece of bacon egg pie and some, some chips. Did and you go OTT? Because that's the thing, when you get to that point when you're just so hungry, 
you lose all perception of how much food you need. So you end up buying way too much. I didn't eat anything for the rest. I still had uh, <laughs> had over three hours of riding to go and didn't eat anything for five or three hours. <laughs> nice. So I, uh, yeah, I didn't eat, yeah, I didn't eat all my stuff. I, I held my uh, my pixie caramel over, and, uh, and I did have a couple of nibbles of that, and then I finished off when I got in. Oh, it was a bit kind of hot and. Melted? Well, no, it was a bloody freezing day. I had three layers on all day. Oh, really? And uh, and so it was just right when I got there. Just just soft, softened up a little were bit. You, were you buggered when you got there? Not too bad. No, that's no, all right. Just my, my, hundred. It would have been a hundred meters from our accommodation. Belinda and the kids caught me up in the car. So it was pretty good timing. Oh, that's amazing timing. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't have got better, really. Yeah. One hundred meters better, but that's pretty good. If I hadn't stopped, I t- stopped and took a picture of the welcome to Tikapo. Oh, that was your fatal error. Fatal error. And yeah. and where you stayed at the end of the town, actually. It is. Yeah. You, you made it to the middle of town on time. I did. I beat them to Tikapo, but they beat me to the accommodation. Yeah, that's pretty good. And went up, had a couple of half days skiing with the, with the kids. Had a couple of half days skiing, put them in lessons. It's only Tommy's second or third time skiing, and put them into a couple of lessons, and then picked it up. I picked it up, and then. <laughs> All right, it was so funny. We had, there was five other kids there as well, and a couple of the girls are, are a bit older. And he, and he came off his lesson, and they went up and up and down. So the girls took him up and down the the, the platter or the pommer we call them in New Zealand. What's that? The pommer is the one where you shove it between your legs, and it sort of pulls you. Oh, up. I get it. And um, and he just started nailing it. Really? Just he would just go straight down <laughs> from the top to bottom. <laughs> And I've got a YouTube clip. I should show it to you because I, I took a bunch of footage and then made a little movie out of it. And he just goes straight down, and he's going down. And he's going, go, 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 go. He, he, he wanted to go faster, he couldn't go faster. And then I thought, right, I better get a bit of a clip. They're on their last run. I said, right, you got one more run, and that's it. And uh, he's coming down. And so I got the iPhone out and filming, and he's going down. He just slams <laughs> full on face plant at full speed. How many tears? It was tears, but he, he said, I've got, to, I've got to go up again. And so he had to have two more runs because uh, he didn't want to finish on a bad note. So it was bloody funny. So really Are cool. Are you a good skier? Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, I was I skied when I was a kid, so I was, oh, okay. I was, yeah, but I didn't ski this time, just helping support the family. Uh-huh. You're a good man, you said. Yeah. yeah, I am a good man. You keep <laughs> you telling my wife that. You keep telling her that. Oh, you can record this, put it on loop. Yeah. He's a good man, you yeah. He's a good man. And then we went to the hot pools. Jesus, they Roger, you're there. I tell you what. Oh, really? Far out. 66 bucks for four of us to get in. Really? There's nothing like the Hamlet hot pools. It's still really nice, but it's. Because Hamlet's great now because it's a, it's a family complex, isn't it? And you it? can move around and do stuff. But this one's just a couple of pools. And, and, and again, they're nice, but man, they're expensive. 66 bucks. For like an hour, for sort of. Yeah, because you don't stay at hot pools for long, do you? No, you just. What's good about Hamden there is that you've got the hot pools, but they've also got the swimming pool, the play area. Yeah, it's yeah, it's cool, kind right? of a, yeah, wow, mm. that's crazy. It is. Uh, and how did you know? And, and I took my, so I've got, I've, I've got to give a bit of a plug for, for um, life proof. Life proof. Bevan says my phone looks like a brick now. Well, it does look like he's, he's about to go, he, yeah, he's action man cover. Yeah, and, but it's great. You know, you just chuck your phone <laughs> in your back pocket and you're away um, and it's a waterproof case. And uh, so you can do some underwater filming of your swimming. And I took it in there to take a couple of kids, pictures of the kids, did a bit of underwater stuff and did Belinda tell you about that, did she? Yeah. Yeah, and so it was all good. Bloody good. Kids love it. And, uh, but you yeah, love having an bit, iPhone, don't you? It's a bit dear. Oh, I, just, I like having something I can take place. I like having something that works. That's what exactly. I like. How many years have I taken you? Although you're there now. Mm. You finally kind of come to my world. Mm, mm. It's only taking you well, how many seven years we've been doing yeah, this. Yeah, took you about five. So yeah, you go to computer, mm. and you, you love the computer, don't you? Computer's good. Yeah, and yeah. then you know, it took another two to get you the iPhone. Yeah, although now iPhones aren't so popular. Yeah, yeah, everyone's going Samsung. <laughs> Great. 
great. Although apparently the new Motorola is pretty... Okay. The shitty Benetti. Yeah, the shitty so, Benetti. Yeah. So, so it was good times in Tech Boat. Bevan, what have you been up to? Jumbo. Um, Not much. What's I, your itinerary? This is the last show we did. Do you know what's really cool? Is that a mate of mine called Tony, a guy I actually coached for the Ironman. Um, he, uh, he, he, he lived in New York and mm. he, he's a lawyer and he's kind of a thorough kind of character. And so he, his wife, his partner and him went to New York earlier this year and they had eight days in New York. And so he wrote this amazing itinerary of, of you know, today you do this, you go from here to here to here. And so we're basically going to try. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's, you couldn't have got better. Mm. They, they, do, they did quite a bit of shopping. We probably don't shop much because we're not their bigger shoppers. But mm. um, so, so basically what happens is I go from tomorrow I leave uh, and then I fly to Florida, which is mm-hmm. a pretty big flight because mm-hmm. I go, I think I go, San, I go Auckland, San Fran, and then across the country. And you don't need, you, you, you kind of screwed yourself a bit on the, the meal strategy now because he's going premium economy. I'm going premium economy. Premium economy. So you can basically, food's on, on tap there, so you don't need to try to, to wangle. Oh, you're just meals. on tap, is it? Well, more or less, you can just keep asking for stuff. I hope. Oh, man, I'm going to come fat because yeah. we go to America anyway. That's yeah. what happens when you go to America, you get fat. Exactly. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you won't even recognize me. You'll no. walk in and you'll give me that embarrassing look like, oh, he's put on weight, but I don't want him to let him know that I know it. Mr. Blobby. Yeah. Uh, so, so I do that. And then I've got about four days in Florida. So I've got one day, I've got a rest day when I arrive, and then I have a practice day, and then I have two days of this big fitness conference. One day where I'm teaching, and one day where I'm kind of training people. And then I get up on the Monday morning and I fly to New York and I meet up with Joe. Mm-hmm. And I think we have eight days in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I haven't organised none of this, so mm-hmm. I don't actually really know, but Joe's a legend. Um, and then eight days in New York, which I'm really – have you been to New York? No. I'm really looking forward to going to New York. Good, it's, good. New York is the city when you say to people, I'm going to New York, and they go, I've been there, and they go, the next line is, I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard someone go, oh, New York, nah. Mm. You know, like everyone just loves it. So I'm very cool. much looking forward to that. Then we're stopping in Vegas for four days. Nice. Cool. You'll love that. Yeah, I might put that $50 on. There. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that you were meant to do for me. Um, so Vegas for four. Have you been to Vegas? Yep. Love Vegas. You'd love Vegas because yeah. you're a gambler, aren't you? Yeah. Did you gamble much when you were in Vegas? Yeah, a little bit. I think we came out even, so I was happy. What else did you do? Did you go to shows? You just, the thing is you just wander around Vegas. It's it's entertainment just walking the walking the, the strip. Yeah. You know, there's so much you can do. You go look at the Bellagio, you go look at the there's a pirate show down there, there's heaps you can do on the cheap. And then yeah, I mean there's obviously all the shows as well, but we were only there for a couple of days, but it's um it's good times. Yep. So we've got four days in Vegas and we're looking forward to that. And it'll kind of be the relaxing part because we'll probably be walking at least a half marathon every day. So we've got that and then uh, I think we've got four or five days in San Fran. Mm. And what's really cool about San Fran is I've never been there, which is cool because I've been to 13 states in America, so I've seen a lot of America. But uh, San Fran I've never been to, which is I'm looking forward to because I've heard good things, but also the America's Cups on when we're there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and so if anybody actually – if anybody can get me kind of like an insider's pass. I actually know one of the guys on the America's Cup team. I went to school with him. He's actually one of the sailors. Really? Yeah. I'm just really fascinated to see, because when the old days of the America's Cup boats, like it was exciting, but they were just big boats, weren't they? Mm. Whereas these catamarans look but like weapons, don't the they? The racing, I don't think is going to be very exciting, but the boats no, are pretty no. impressive to watch. Yeah, the, the event seems like a bit of a joke, but... Yeah. Um, and apparently the way they've set it up, it's very spectator-friendly. Like, oh, yeah, they're close to shore. Yeah, so um, ideally you can, you're going to charter a boat. or well, not charter a whole boat, but you can, <laughs> just, yeah, I'm going to charter just, a boat. Just use the home talk uh, slash fun. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we got three, do we take $3? Yeah. Um, so, but you, I think you, there's options, and most of them are pretty expensive, but there's one boat that's only like 50 bucks, mm. and uh, I might, I might – 
if, if it works out. Um, so go see that. And then home in three weeks, basically. Sweet so, ass. Yeah, looking forward to it. So bring on America. I love America. Good. It's not the typical New Zealand holiday destination. Most Kiwis will go to Europe. Mm. And uh, I love America. I love going to America. The people are great. It's, each state seems to have different things to offer. And cool. Food's a lot Plentiful. Of. Plentiful. <laughs> Plentiful. Mm. Well, when we were in Europe, we ate out every night. Yeah. That was kind of our biggest spend was food. Like, yeah, you eat one meal in America, you have to eat three days. <laughs> exactly. Economical. <laughs> so bring on the States, eh? Oh, very good. We've got to get the rest of our shows nailed here for the next three weeks. Okay, so we, we basically we pre-recorded the next three weeks of shows, so you won't hear back from us in the studios and for another three weeks, but there are shows out. We've got lots of great interviews coming up, so uh, check out the next week's shows. Uh, anything else, Jumbo? Make uh, sure you check out Legends of Triathlon. And the wetsuit auction is still rolling oh. for the next few days. So, Blue 70 Helix wetsuit. Go to legendsoftriathlon.com, and there is a link there through eBay, and that'll be running until I think it's about the, the 12th or so. So, uh, if you need a, a Blue 70 Helix, Kiwis, Aussies, maybe season coming up, check it out. Okay, good, time. good times, guys. Uh, let's finish it. I'm Russ. I'm Endo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia Kia kaha. kaha.